Welcome to another powerful word from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church in the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. Let me tell you something that you may not have heard before. Blood infusion destroys sin. I know there's a lot in the, in the you know, news about blood infusions. You know, well, let me just tell you one of the things that blood infusion can do. It can destroy sin. Won't you open up your words with me today? We're going to be going to the book of Galatians. And while you're turning to the book of Galatians, let me read John chapter 15, verse 16, as one of our opening texts. Jesus said this. He said, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. Wow. You know, this morning, I came with a message from the Word of God for you. I mean, I, 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 I believe that this is God's Word for you today. The message is simple. It's encouraging. I hope that you feel better when you leave here, better than when you came. I know that today should tax you. It should test you. It should pressure you. And I know it does because we are standing on principle, the principle of God's Word. We don't stand on issue. Let me tell you, if you cannot develop, if you cannot embrace a principle, before you have an issue you need to have a principle before you have a problem because if you allow problems to dictate your principles you're going to end up riding a roller coaster of life and you'll be in and out of sin and in and out of righteousness and in and out of emotional turmoil all of your life we must have principles before we have problems because once we end up with a problem the problem presents an issue many times problems come to us with a face and a name and a friend and all of a sudden it's no longer a principle from God's Word. Now it is something that we want to protect. It's a friend we want to protect. It's a relationship. It's a situation, a circumstance we want to protect. We need to realize that God is a God of principles. And His principles should make us feel better. And every time we come before Him, every time we come to His Word, we should be challenged to change just a little bit. Because of the facets on our life, many times need to be smoothed out and need to be polished we need to be challenged in this life we're going to be this morning you know God does not intend for you to live in fear or to live in regret God is not limited by those things that are going around us going on around us in the world God is not worried and you should not worry your worry cannot help God not one single bit your worry does nothing but slow down God's process in your life. And if you're not watchful, if you give voice to your worry, you will begin to bog down what God is doing in a community, in a family, in any situation. God is not worried. He does not want you to bury your head in the sand and ignore what is going on, by the way. In fact, rather, God wants you to stick your head above the clouds, not buried in the sand. He wants to stick you you to stick your head above the clouds and see what is going on in the heavens in reference to what's going on in the earth he wants you to know what he's doing he wants you to know what he's preparing for he wants you to know his agenda in the situations that the earth is facing and so here God wants us to have faith 
in him. Faith that he is aware of what's going on around us. Faith that he has a plan to do something about it. Faith that he is being proactive, not reactive. God has a plan for everything. And there has never been a time since the dawn of creation when God has forsaken us, when God hath withdrawn or abandoned mankind to his own problems, to his own designs on the earth. God certainly allows us to go about our way and many times we do cause ourselves problems and the world gets into a difficult situation or we get into a difficult situation or our families but God responds to each and every one of those God does not leave us without a witness or without help and you will never throw God a curveball that he cannot hit you will never catch God unprepared for anything you do he is always prepared he has a plan every one of us as well have been assigned angels by God now if you want to know all of these scriptures you can go to EZ sermons that's an E and a Z and the word sermons EZsermons.com and you can get a copy of my notes today they read probably a little bit better than I'm going to preach but all the scriptures that are backup references for everything I'm saying today will be contained in those notes and I want you to know that God has not left us without witness he has not abandoned us and on top of that we have angels sent out to be ministers ministering spirits for us because we are the heirs of salvation and we also have been given some superpower seeds let me just throw that word out there again we have been given some superpower seeds in our life and these seeds as angels are assigned to help us and as, and as God and the Holy Spirit will not abandon us we also have a part to play in this equation we have a part to play we have been given some superpower seeds that we can impact and affect the growth of those seeds in our lives and we can grow a harvest of superpowers that will help us to defeat the enemies that want to stretch us want to destroy us that want to divide us we can do something about that now don't get mixed up this morning and don't get confused and don't let the devil deceive you the Bible says that fear is not of God and the Bible also says that because of fear specifically the fear of death men will be in bondage all of their lifetime the Bible tells us that you will live your life in bondage if you just go around fearing death all the time death is not evil evil can cause death but death is not evil and death is not to be avoided at all cost by the way you know we are called to lay our lives down for some matters for some things that 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 are important to God death is not evil death in fact death cannot happen to you except God allows I mean the, the worst thing the devil could do to a born-again believer is to promote them to heaven if God allowed it okay but that would have to be by God's allowance. And so we need to stop fearing death. Is death going to happen? Yes, death is going to occur. In fact, let me give you an, an idea of how many of you are going to die. Let me tell you, how many people did Jesus pray for that died? How many people died that Jesus prayed for? Every one of them. Every one of them. 
You know, death is coming, but death is not to be feared. And if all we do is respond to the fear of death, if all we do in life is just going around trying to make sure that nobody dies, we may not be doing our best. Now, I don't want people to die. If I was God, you know, my great-great-great-great-great-grandmother would still be alive. And she'd probably be beating me saying, let me go, let me go, let me go. I'll be glad when they say unto me, let's go. I'm happy. Let's go. I'm happy to go with every one of you. I'm happy to go by myself. It really don't matter. But one day I'm going to go. I'm going to go sooner than some of you. It's not something to fear. And if you possess a fear of death, it's an unhealthy fear. And the Bible says it will keep you in bondage all of your life. Well, if... If God has his hand on you, and he does, and he has angels attending to you, and he does, and if he's given you some superpower seeds, and he has, then what in the world can we do about it? You know, God has a plan, and evidently you have some, albeit small, you have a small part to play in God's plan. That's the reason you're still here. There's no reason for you to be here. If Once you get born again, there's no more reason for you to be here except that you have a part to play in God's plan. And it may be a very, 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 very small part. And when you get that part played, maybe God lets you go on to heaven. That'd be a good day, wouldn't it? I mean, I'm not going to complain. Whenever I get my job done, I'm okay. And, God, you know, and he wants to leave me here to enjoy this earth. Let me tell you, it's not that enjoyable. I mean, I'm having a good time. I got family. I got friends, you know. Uh, you know, I don't know. I guess I could take up fishing or hunting or something. I don't know. Uh, I, I, I don't know what I, uh, you know, but my goodness, what awaits me. Eyes not seen, ears not heard, neither in the heart of any man. What I want you to do is do your best to get over letting fear of death motivate you and push you around in life and make its demands on you uh, because it is not the end all be all. Who knows? Who knows what God has for you to do? You have a part to play. And I know that, that we have all lost loved ones in this very difficult last couple of years. And I'm not saying at all that we should just give up and let go. That's not the message. Don't, you know, it, it's bad enough to understand what I'm going to say, let alone misunderstand it. Okay? Uh, so, so try your best to connect. I am telling you that, that, that you have a part to play. Who knows what it is? Who knows what you're destined to do? Who knows who you are destined to touch, uh, that, 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 that you are uh, you know, going to impact or that you're going to support, or because of you, something's going to get done, whether it's here uh, you know, in this community or communities like this all over the world. Who knows what, what soul, what part of God's plan, who knows whose eternity depends on you? You may not... Uh, ever meet that person. You may not ever be connected to them this side of heaven, but you are called by God and destined by God to play an integral part in his plan. Although it's a small part and it might seem insignificant on the whole world scale, but it's not insignificant to the person that it impacts for Christ. And we don't know who that may be. I tell you that one of the hardest things in life to do is to learn to be happy and stay godly on this earth until I finish doing what God wants me to do. It's hard because we are not of this world, but we are in this world. And it's not really easy to stay happy and to stay godly in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation that you don't agree with. It's not easy to stay happy and healthy and wholesome and godly. And that's one of the hardest things to do is to wait 
until God is finished with you, that you have run your race, you've finished your course, you've kept the faith, and you have accomplished the plan and the will and the purpose of your life in this earth. It can be difficult, but nonetheless, God has given us grace to do that. It is important to realize we are here for a reason and that we are a part of God offering salvation to the whole world. Uh, thankfully, we have been given access, as I said, to some superpower seeds that make us invincible. That's right. You can accomplish what God's called you to do. You are well equipped. You have been designed by God. You have uh, come to a place in your life to where you are exactly where God wants you, when God wants you, and you are equipped to do the very next thing he needs you to do. God has taken care of that. It may have been, you know, completely without your knowledge or without your design, but there is always something you can do to please God. You are always at a place in life to where your next step can help God, to where your next decision can, can uh, promote the kingdom of God. You are always in a place and you are always ready to say yes to God. We just have to say yes. We just have to take that step. And the message that God has given me today to help equip us to be victorious every time we're attacked by the enemies. The message that God has given me will be found in the New Testament book of Galatians, in chapter 5 specifically. And while you turn your Bibles to our text, let me speak directly to some who may be unhappy, worried, or perhaps even afraid today. Okay? Listen, listen if you're unhappy, if you're worried, if you're afraid, especially if you're afraid of death, let me tell you two simple things. You know, um, you, you were born in the image of God. Now, listen to me. I don't want to throw you a curve, but listen to me now. If you want to know what God looks like, He looks like you on the outside. Now, that, that shouldn't be a revelation. We're made in His image. That, that was one of the first things He told us. But if you want to know what God looks like, you know, he said, don't make a graven image, don't make a cow. You know, you want to know what God looks like? He looks like you on the outside. He looks just like you. That's true. You're his child. He looks like you on the outside. But because of sin, you feel a lot different than he does on the inside. Jesus talked about this constantly, the, the dichotomy of the inside and the outside, what's different about the outside and the inside, that there are just different things going on on the inside, and this is where we are ungodly is on the inside. The outside, we're made in the image of God, but on the inside, because of sin, and because sin entered in, sin was personally invited to come into our first parents. And when they invited sin into their lives, when Adam and Eve said yes to sin, sin entered into their body and entered into their soul, and sin introduced a deadly spiritual virus that attacked their spiritual DNA and destroyed the immortal God gene in their life. Adam and Eve, created by God, carried an immortal God gene in their life. But when they invited sin into their life, sin brought with it a deadly spiritual virus. It went into their body and it went into their soul, into their mind and into their heart. And what it did is it created death and it brought about death 
on a spiritual DNA level, and people lost the God gene, the God factor in their life, and they died. They died. Their soul died, and their body died. Now, I'm aware that the Bible says that in Genesis 5, 5, that Adam lived to be 905 years old, and then he died. Well, he died when he first ate of that forbidden fruit. God says, in the day thereof, in the day you eat thereof, you shall surely die. He died that day. It just took that long for death to claim his body. But his soul was dead. He was without God. His soul was no longer living. He was made a living soul, and his soul died. And his body died because of sin that introduced this spiritual virus on a spiritual God DNA factor. That's why Jesus had to come, born not only of a woman, but born of Almighty God. His chromosomes were made up of a woman's egg and of a God DNA and so that his blood was pure and he had that God gene he didn't become a living soul the Bible says he became a life giving spirit he became someone who could pass life on because he had a God DNA on the inside of him and that's what Adam and Eve were missing sin was personally invited by them and 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 they lost this God DNA and man became mortal in his body and carnal in his soul it, it's very simple to see and to understand that he could no longer pass on anything but mortality and death all he could give a person was a earthly existence since that time, every genetic offspring of Adam and Eve have been born looking like God on the, absent, on, on, on the outside, but absent of the life of God on the inside. Without this eternal and immortal God gene, mortal bodies decay, and hearts and minds of men and women fall prey to wickedness and, 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 and deterioration of sin. If left to run its course... Sin will reproduce wickedness and evil, and it will ultimately cause the eternal death and damnation of the body and the soul. Wow, that's, that's pretty heavy, but that's what the Bible tells us. God decided that he would save the soul by grace through faith. That's what God, God set out and said, okay, I'm going to save the soul. I'm going to save the soul. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to save this soul. And, 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 and then, uh, you know, I'm going to give this saved soul a brand new, incorruptible, immortal body. Whenever that body plays out, I am going to give them at the resurrection a brand new body that's incorruptible, that's undefiled, that is immortal, that will last them for eternity. And eternity is not just a long time. Eternity is no time. I mean, no time. Boom, it's all there. It's amazing that God developed a plan to save my soul, and then every person whose soul is saved will receive a new, incorruptible, immortal, eternal, heavenly body whenever this body plays out. That's a pretty good deal. But at the present, my saved soul is having to live in this mortal body. We have this treasure in an earthen vessel, as it were. Now, now God's plan to do this, 
you know, is free to everyone. But if a person refuses the blood of Jesus, okay, if you refuse the blood of Jesus, the person's mortal body will eventually die. They don't get a new body, and their disembodied soul will be left to suffer the anguish of pain and sin without God's help forever. Wow, isn't that scary? You know, God wants to save people from the perilous eternity uh, that they will face without him. And for this reason, he made a way for every person to be born again by receiving the spiritual blood infusion, if you will. Okay? Isn't that, that's, that's where I did the blood infusion thing. Okay? That we get infused by the perfect, pure blood of Jesus Christ that ends up destroying the damnation and the degradation of sin. It just rids us of sin. It destroys sin and all of sin's power to damn our souls to hell. And it enters in to our soul and brings God life and restores a God gene and takes up residence in our life and we become a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things pass away and all things become new and all things are of God who had reconciled us to, you know, uh, to Christ Jesus, to himself by Christ Jesus. Well, I seem to be more excited about this than you are. The, the, the blood of Jesus is pure, and, and it carries the immortal spiritual DNA, which has the power to destroy sin and its eternal effects. This spiritual infusion of the blood of Jesus not only destroys the power of sin for eternity, but also the blood of Jesus contains the power to change the way you think, how you feel on the inside. You see, if you want to know what God looks like, He looks just like you on the outside. But because of sin, you feel and think different than He does on the inside. You look like God on the outside, but you don't act like God on the inside. Jesus kept saying this. Outwardly, you know, you're pretty good looking, but inside it's full of dead men's bones. You know, on and on. I mean, you can, you know, it's, 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 you know, God doesn't look on the outward appearance, but the inward appearance. I mean, he knows what he looks like. Every time he looks at us, he's looking in the mirror. But then when he listens to us, whoo, sometimes he's a little shocked. He doesn't imagine he'd be saying those things. We look like him on the outside, but, and, but we always don't feel like him on the inside. But the blood of Jesus contains the power to change that. To change how we think and how we feel on the inside. You know, what if you felt, okay, what if you actually felt happy? Hmm? Come on. Most likely you're going to go to work tomorrow looking happy. What if you actually felt happy? Most likely you're going to portray some secure, you know, uh, you know, uh, image of yourself but are you on the inside you know you're going to look like God on the outside but are you going to act like God and feel like God on the inside like God like like God wants you you look like a child of God how do you feel what do you think are you thinking like God thinks are you wanting what God wants do you feel like God feels well, today, you look like God on the outside. The problem is not the outside, but the inside. And God has freely offered the blood of Christ to anyone 
who believes in Jesus and anyone who will humbly call upon the name of Jesus to save them. I mean, he's offered. Let me tell you, there is a man, his name is Jesus. He is good. He will not hurt you. He will never forsake you. He won't take advantage of you. He doesn't want what you have. He wants to help you. He wants to give you what he has. He wants to save your soul for eternity. He'll never hurt you. He'll never curse you. He'll never slap you. He'll never hit you. He'll never take advantage of you. He's not going to hurt your children. He's not going to hurt your parents. He's not going to you know, argue with you and fuss with you and, 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 and push you around and try to intimidate you. That's not him. Amen. He's different than any other person you've ever met. He is like God on the outside and the inside. Yeah. And he is offering us a chance to not just look like God, not just look like a child of God, not just look like a born-again believer. But he's offering us a chance to actually be one, to feel like a child of God, to think like a child of God, to act like a child of God. So we, too, can, can be not only in his image in an outward appearance, but also on the inside. And you can do this. You can begin this process anytime you want. If you have never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, you can ask him to come in and save your soul right now. It's free. He will give you a spiritual infusion of the blood of Jesus Christ. It will destroy sin and its eternal effects in your life. And sin will no longer have any power to damn your soul to hell. It will destroy sin. And then it will also enter into your soul... And it will begin to encourage you and help you to make the most out of the superpower seeds that are resident in you when you get born again. You see, when Jesus comes into your life and that blood comes and it washes over your soul and it cleanses you from sin and it cleanses you from past, present, and future damnation of sin. That's amazing. You are safe. And you know, having got that infusion, you are absolutely safe from the eternal impact of sin. Now, once that happens, that blood begins to act on a spiritual DNA level, on the level that you, and, 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 and it, it begins to make the most out of the opportunities you have to grow the seeds that God has given you. Why in the world would anybody want to wait another minute, you know, and, and invite Jesus into your life now? And, and uh, you know, have you found Galatians yet? I want to tell you about these superpower seeds. Okay. These, these are superpower seeds. Now, let, let me tell you, you, the Bible says, everything I'm telling you, by the way, you, you can find it in the scripture. I've written it down. The Bible says that you are the garden of God. Okay? You remember the garden of Eden? Okay? You are the New Testament garden of Eden. You are. And in your life is both, you know, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is what you were born with. You know, and you can live all your life just with good and bad and good and evil and trying to fight evil and be good. You can be good all your life and still go to hell because your soul is dead. Because your soul is, 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 has, 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 you know, you've been, you've been passed on a virus called sin. And your soul is not alive. Or you can just ask. It's free. It's free to anyone who believes in Jesus and asks that the blood of Christ come into their life and cleanse them from sin. 
And when you get this blood infusion from Jesus Christ, it destroys sin and its power to damn you. Okay? It begins to cleanse and rebuild and renovate and renew your mind. You begin to be challenged by God to think a little different, to want to live. You don't have to go with it. You can resist God and still go to heaven. Okay? You don't have to be perfect to go to heaven. You do have to be perfected, but that's done through the blood of Jesus. But listen to this process now. When you get born again and the Spirit of God comes to you, that blood contains some superpower seeds. You are the garden of God. And he, you know, he didn't say to man, hey, go in the garden and plant anything you want. The Bible says that God planted a garden. And, and he set man in the garden that he had planted. God has already planted your garden. He has already planted his seed in you. When you got born again, the seed of Jesus Christ came into you and you got a package deal. You have in your life right now some superpower seeds. And the same thing that he said to Adam and Eve, he would say to you. He told Adam and Eve, I want you to cultivate that garden and I want you to guard it and take care of it I want you to make more of it I want you to be fruitful and multiply and I want you to replenish the earth I want you uh, I want you to do something with what I've given you and do you know the implication is is that Adam and Eve were given us garden that was planted with God's will with God's you know goodness with God's fruit and that Adam and Eve were supposed to go in there and make more of it they were supposed to give it opportunity to grow they were supposed to grow more fruit they were supposed to till it and cultivate it that's exactly what that scripture means I want you to cultivate it I want you to keep it I want you to guard it I want you to keep the devil out of your garden I want you to keep problems and weeds out of your garden I want you to guard your garden because you can grow a crop of weeds Adam and Eve even in a perfect world you can grow a crop of weeds even in a perfect world the devil can come along even in a perfect world there are some do's and don'ts even before sin there were some do's and don'ts and one of the do's was you need to take care of the seeds that I have planted for you and grow more fruit well it's the same thing we have an opportunity to grow fruit Galatians the fifth chapter listen to what these seeds are verse 22 but the fruit of the spirit now if you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you let me tell you this is the fruit of the spirit but the seed has to be there before you can grow any fruit Okay? The seed's already in you. Love. The seed of love is in you. Because love came with Jesus. Love came with the blood of Christ. Love came with the salvation of my soul. Old things passed away and all things became new. And all things were of God. And God planted my garden. He planted your garden in your heart, in your life, in your mind, is a seed of the love of God. This word love comes from the Greek word agape. And it means love. Just love, love because I love you. I just love you because I love you. It's not a conditional love. It's an unconditional love. It's a love that just flows. It is the love of God. You have the seed of God's love on the inside of you. You have a superpower seed of God's love on the inside of you. Do you know you have the power to love the unlovable? You have a power. You already have a superpower to love your enemies. Isn't that amazing? The world, Jesus said, they don't do that. But Jesus said, you're not that way. You have the power. Don't be like everybody else. Come on, do something different. Be like me and God. Love your enemies. How? 
because I have that seed of that superpower on the inside of me, what I need to do is cultivate it. What I need to do is guard it. I don't need to let any weeds grow up in it. I need to take care of it. You know, it's my responsibility to take care of what I think and what I feel. It's my responsibility. It's not God's responsibility to come in here and try to, you know, make me do this or make me do that. He has given me the seed of love, His love, a greater love than the world has ever known. Joy. <laughs> Come on now. There's a seed of joy in our life. Don't let any weeds grow in your joy. If you've got nothing else to be happy about, be happy about the day of your death. That's what the Apostle Paul says. I paraphrase, but that's basically what he said. Look forward to it. Get excited about it. Write a song. Do a dance. Come on, Jesus. Just show me what to do between here and there. Lord Jesus, come on. Now that sounds morbid, doesn't it? It didn't sound morbid in my head before I said it, but it does now. And it's not in my notes, but anyway, there you go. Maybe I shouldn't get off those notes. <laughs> okay, find something else to be happy about. Joy. Peace. There's a peace that passes all understanding. There is a peace that passes. I mean, they, they, you can have peace in the midst of turmoil. Because why? Because there's a seed. When Jesus Christ infused you with his blood, it destroyed sin. And it began to interact with your mind and your heart on a different level. And you began to, to, to feel this seed on the inside of you. And the Bible says in Romans 1st chapter, you actually have to resist God to deny him. you gotta, you, you got to absolutely fool yourself. You'd have to fool yourself to think that you don't already have that seed of peace on the inside of you you'd have to go out and purposely you'd have to go somewhere you know maybe out to walmart and get some weeds and bring them in and stick them in your garden in order to deny the peace of god there's no reason us manufacturing worry and 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 anxiety and fear we have to manufacture it we have to go out and absolutely find something to be worried about and if you don't, you know what will happen? Along about 10 o'clock tonight, you'll turn on the TV trying to find something else to be worried about if you're not watchful. <laughs> Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Okay? Long-suffering. Long-suffering. By the way, that word, long-suffering. <laughs> long-suffering. You know, just being patient. You know, uh, the Greek word is makrothemia. It means the ability to put up with, to endure. To keep going, to just, okay, keep on going. You know, I have a seed of just keeping on going. I have a seed on the end. Now, I can cultivate it, I can tend it, or I can just say, nah, I'm just going to do what the world does. I'm just going to complain and not be patient. Kindness. Oh, my goodness. There is, a, you have a seed, a superpower seed of kindness in your life. Some of you are doing real good with it. Some of you are really, really kind. Some of you need to work on this. Some of your mouth is real, little, 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 little sharp. Some of you let stuff get out of your mouth before it processes through your head. The Bible talks about a virtuous woman. The law of kindness was on her tongue. You know, let the law of kindness be on your tongue. You know, you might as well, well, that's not me. Well, it should be. Oh, I didn't get too many amens. I know why, because you're, you're sitting beside somebody you can't amen. But on the inside, you're going, amen, amen, amen. Just be kind. Amen. Cultivate some kindness. 
Share some kindness. It's one of the fruits of the Spirit. You're, you know, I mean, take care of it. You already have the seed. You may as well grow the fruit. And, and by the way, you'll be happier when you're kind. Yeah, kind people are a lot happier than old, you know, yeah, whatever they are. Goodness. Just goodness. Boy, just, just, just some goodness. You know, just, just, just goodness. Faithfulness. Just deciding that you're going to, you know, I got a seed of faithfulness on the inside of me. My commitments to Christ. My commitments to, to my covenants. My commitments to, you know, just, you know, it's, it's faithfulness. It's faithfulness to simple things like paying your bills, just being faithful. You know? Uh, gentleness. Gentle. The Bible says, Thy gentleness has made me great. Self-control, boy. Uh, gentleness, by the way, is humility, okay? It, 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 you know. Self-control is a big one. Do you know that we have a seed of self-control inside of us? And if we would cultivate it, if we would tend it, if we would take care of it, if we would watch over it, if we would, would, would grow, uh, grow in the Spirit, if we would pay attention and grow in the Spirit, uh, uh, and our spiritual fruit, one of the spiritual fruits would be the ability uh, to resist temptations, self-control, to not allow life to push us around to claim ground in our life, to not allow ourselves to be controlled, but rather be in control. Against such there is no law, verse 23 said. You know, Jesus has called your name. He wants you to be saved. He died for you. He's serious about that. And if you will allow him to cover you with his blood, it will destroy the eternal efforts of sin. It will destroy that virus, that deadly virus, that without him would claim your soul for eternity. And if you will just call upon him and ask him to come into your heart and life and be your Lord and Savior, he will immediately, immediately, you will be born again. Immediately born again. And you will be given the superpower seeds that you can cultivate and grow that will make you victorious over every enemy of God. You can do this. I'll leave you with three simple things here. Okay? This morning as I close. Uh, you know, if you, you know, well, let me just tell you. I, I went down to the very bottom of my notes because it's already time to quit but let me leave you with this number one you know uh, you need you need a blood infusion by Jesus Christ but number one God's not going to force you it's just not his way God's not going to force you to receive the blood of Christ it's your choice it will save your soul. It will give you superpower seeds. But it's your choice. That's just God's way. Number two, your mortal body will not be saved in this world. 
your mortal body will die. It will not be saved in this world. But if you are born again, when this mortal body dies, you will be given an immortal body, incorruptible, undefiled, that will last forever. And number three, you have been given superpower seeds, but what you do with them is up to you. It's up to you. What are you going to do? Are you going to just let those seeds sit in your life and never grow anything? Are you going to let them just grow just a little bit? Or are you going to go ahead and cultivate and guard that precious seed in your heart? Are you going to tend to it and help it to grow and fertilize it and water it and help it to grow in your life? You can do that. You can do that. Thanks again for joining us for another dynamic message from Pastor Ron Hammonds. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.